This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now. Hello and welcome to the Shakti Hour podcast on Ram Dass's Be Here Now Network. I'm your host, Melanie Moser, and today is the second installment in our Shakti Sacred Music series, featuring conversations with musicians about sacred music and the feminine voice. My guest today is Brooklyn-based musician Kip Malone. Kip and I have been friends for many, many years, and I was very happy that he had the time to come and talk to me for this series I've asked each guest to bring in a piece of music for us to start our conversation. Uh, Kip brought in a piece by Alice Coltrane from a live recording, 1978 UCLA, called Transfiguration. It's an improvisational piece that is almost 12 minutes long, and we didn't uh, include the whole thing here, but if you go to the Shakti Hour page at BeHereNowNetwork.com, you can find a link to listen to the whole thing. You can also find links to the ecstatic music of Alice Coltrane, which you're hearing briefly here at the beginning, a collection of bhajans and chants that she recorded at her ashram in Southern California in the 80s and 90s. I hope you are enjoying the Sacred Music series. Uh, please do follow us on uh, Twitter at Shakti Hour, Instagram, Facebook, and remember to subscribe to the Shakti Hour on iTunes and leave us a rating and review. I'm so uh, grateful for the opportunity to create this series for you, and I hope that you enjoyed as much as I do. It's funny to make a podcast about music. Um, it makes me just want to listen to music and not so much to talk about it. But this conversation today, you're in for a treat. Um, we recorded it in the middle of the Kavanaugh uh, hearings, a Kavanaugh investigation. So we touched on a lot of um, current events as well as you know, sharing about personal spiritual journey and exploration and uh, reckoning with the self and the prayer involved in improvisational music. Please share this series with your friends and thank you so much for listening. So what are we going to listen to? I'd like to listen to a track from Alice Coltrane's live recording Transfiguration. It's actually the title track from this record, Transfiguration. Um, it was recorded live at UCLA in 1978. And I think it's very beautiful and fantastic and magical piece. Tell me, tell me how you came into this record. 
Like what's your, how did you find this record? I think that I was just paying close attention to um, the, the jazz genre on the iTunes when mm-hmm. they re- <laughs> reissued it or mm-hmm. something digitally. Mm-hmm. I was on tour, and I remember um, I downloaded it and mm. was in a hotel room drawing with Tunde, and both of us had the experience we talked about after it happened where like we felt like we were flying with her hmm. through, through the music hmm. like flying like birds or like flying like on a I saw you guys on a magic carpet together <laughs> when you said that <laughs> through, maybe through, through, <laughs> through like time and space yeah more like yeah like traveling like traveling yeah with her hmm. I've only had that experience a small handful of times with with uh, music. I mean, it often, often is you know, transportive and yeah, and and moving. But like, it's a rare occasion where I've felt like I've had some something pick me up and take me yeah to another dimension. see how you traveled yeah I I think it's I haven't listened I have actually I haven't listened to the record in a minute probably like in a year but um it's uh yeah she's she she's incredible so just tell us what 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 she's playing in that because there's a whole band there's a whole band she's playing the 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 synth um, I don't actually know what the model is. I know that it was whatever it, whatever it was is new to its time, I think. It felt like soul energy, which is part of her gift, mm-hmm. <laughs> but also is this, the sound of that thing. Whatever she was creating yeah. that sound on is also bananas. Yeah, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I should look it up, but I'm not going to. Um, <laughs> someone, someone who is better at that will... We'll email you about it, I'm sure. Um, yeah, I like how it's kind of doing a raga thing and then simultaneously doing like a blues tradition thing and bridge, bridging musical worlds. Mm-hmm. And also, like, you, there's no expectation that that's where it's going to go mm. with the introduction this is for me even when i listen i've listened to it hundreds of times but like that's it still feels like it's going it's coming from starting in some primordial space you know yeah it's definitely the time thing is is completely gone but it also is so of the moment like it's a live recording. Mm-hmm. If you can feel that, that it's, it's happening in that moment. I mean, and I had a Grateful Dead reference point, mm-hmm. you know, with the that with that energy, um, less the musicianship per se. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, this is this is fueled by what? This is fueled by study of musical what would you say it's fueled by like what do you what would you say that that where that is coming I mean, from she, i i i i know an embarrassingly little about anything but uh <laughs> i know that there's in inside of traditions east, eastern traditions there's like 
if you're if you're a student of someone or a student of something, then there's like a high level of discipline engaged mm-hmm. in that, right? Right. And she she I don't know that she I know she had a guru, so and I know that she had like her ear to what was happening to the east of her and and engaging those musical traditions and clearly a, a, a very disciplined person like you know the it's funny like there's a there's a lot of talk about like natural ability and people being born to do something mm. but you know and certain people may have some advantage over others of uh, natural natural proclivity but really there's no there's no faking time or the time you put into something like right you know i mean like, there was another seven minutes or six minutes of that yeah. piece and it's that kind of that dropping in and then that you you're there you're not going to get out until what needs to be done is done uh-huh. but the only reason that you can go in and, and do that mission is because you have put in the the reps you've exercised yeah. the muscles to do it yeah. yeah which is this which is a spiritual practice you know that yeah. that's the that's the whole game and i feel like that like i needed that so bad today <laughs> <laughs> like that just like helped wash away the whole week of we're recording this in the middle of the Kavanaugh, the Kavanaugh FBI yeah. <laughs> investigation so the week prior was the week of absolute um brain melting yeah and so but literally that the first three minutes of that felt like it kind of helped me step into a new place with all of those feelings and that's from 1978 so that's 40 years ago the the act of like improv improvised music for me I, I grew up in a high control gr- group, mm. <laughs> a sect of Christianity, mm. and I was I was pretty engaged in it. And mm. uh, when I would have to pray for the congregation when I was a kid, like pray in front of the congregation, I I always felt like a phony, mm. like I was like like. God's not listening to me. Mm. I am a masturbator. There's no way that God's <laughs> listening to me. This um, voice doesn't count. This voice doesn't count. In this, in this sanct- sanctimonious zone. Yeah. yeah. Um, I still give it my best, you know, performative <laughs> prayer. Uh, but when I started playing... Uh, live improvised music in San Francisco. And even before that, when I first like was not playing things off of uh, sheets of music for youth orchestra or something, when I was playing just an acoustic guitar at the edge of my bed and like playing Mm. freely, I was like, oh, this is what prayer is supposed to be. And it's like Mm. the thing that, and I didn't have the wor- I didn't have all the words for it that I have now, and I don't have enough words for it now. But like, definitely, it's like this is if I am if I am to commune with the divine mm. and engage the divine privately or publicly, this is the form that it actually takes mm. for me in this body in this time, you know. Mm. So, because like I I believe that the world is made of music and that, Mm. you know, but that's also semantic, you know, someone Mm. else could describe it differently. Someone could describe Mm. it through mathematical equations. Someone could describe it through other, other ways of experiencing how Mm. they experience it. But like, yeah, for me, and I'm, but I also know that I'm not alone because I, because I've 
been touched by the music of Alice Coltrane since I was a child. I've been touched by the music of John Coltrane since I was a child. Right. Pharaoh, so that was playing Sonic alongside Eve. of this other part of your life. Yeah, fortunately. Yeah. So that was already there to a degree for to you degree. to, to yeah. find yourself in. Yeah. Yeah. Some of them. And do you have, did you, did you have, or do you have a, a perspective on their relationship at all? As I don't have to, any, John, to, John and Alice oh. as musicians, as spiritual partners, as. I, I, I haven't done much reading when, when I've had the uh, chance to talk to their children. Um, I get the impression that they were some good and loving people. Yeah. You know, that's, that's the impression that I get. It's just something to consider. Um, that kind of union. Can you imagine having that with someone? No. <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> and with the, with the creative output of yeah. the two of them, so completely individual, yet completely, um, you know, intertwined too. I mean, it's not a huge, it's not like you're taking a huge jump from one side to the other, but um, it just seems like um, such a special thing. And, and like in this moment where we're trying to figure out how to be with one another in a new way, and I mean, I feel I honestly feel like there's models presented to us to everyone, be it, you know, like the people that raised you the, or the institution that raised you mm -hmm. or whatever. And that these that's how society works. But I believe there's other things that work and that there are people and events that are presented to us as like aspirational models mm. you know mm, mm -hmm. like uh or or even like as like what not to be or like mm. like here's a, mm. like there's someone i can think of right now who seems actually like personification of american society embodied in a human being mm. in a really negative and dark way mm. And I bet you can guess who I'm thinking <laughs> of. And uh, I, in the in the ways in which I've tried to deal with his omnipresence uh, in the past two years, I've been definitely thought that like he's. Well, this sounds. I'm. I. I don't. I'm not dismissing any form of resistance and direct action, like I engage it. But also like, it's a moment, it's like an opportunity to actually, it could be a, a, a really good teaching moment for the country to look at yeah. itself and and not just project like, oh, this is, yeah. this that's the bad guy. Like that's the bad guy that is born of the excesses, the mm -hmm. inability to look at the self, to reconcile with history, mm -hmm. to like, be honest about economic systems like mm -hmm. that's mm -hmm. like he's he's just rocking it he's he's just like doing the most with it but right. he only exists as a product of this place well that's what i had a um a skype with ramdas in in january and he was we're talking about a lot of things but he's he said this is our karma mm -hmm. right this moment we're all here together. This is our karma. And I loved that because it is tempting to want to put it on one or the other. Like you said, it's not um, a denial of action or, or that, but it is like, oh, here's a, uh, an opportunity to perceive clearly. And I was talking to um, Mirabai Bush, who's another one of the the senior teachers in the Ramdas community, and we were talking about how it's like the Ramayana. We were talking about this the other night too. <laughs> it's like a fairy tale. It's like a folk tale, 
like it's so dramatic. You know, even this hearing last week, it's so, I mean, it's, it's um, better, worse than a bad movie. Like uh -huh. the casting is so deliberate that it is almost like, okay, kids, <laughs> right. which one's yellow, which one's blue, uh -huh. which one, you know, like they don't, they don't make it to, there's not a whole like, you know, gradation of color when they're teaching you those things. It's very yeah. clear. Yeah. So in a, on an, in a spiritual conversation, I totally get you. But that's difficult. You know, that's not necessarily, you know, I mean, it, I don't know. I mean, gosh, I don't know. Again, how do I know what someone else's experience is? But I know my experience of looking at my own self clearly is difficult. Oh, yes. Yeah. So the hardest <laughs> it's the hardest thing to do is to have a reckoning with the self. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's, oh God, I'd much rather binge <laughs> TV and eat f fatty and salty things. <laughs> I'd much rather watch other people's stories than to look at one's own story and yeah. where where one is at in it and what responsibilities we have to ourselves and like to our shit and to our like like actually doing the work of of freeing the self for further growth you know right it's the hardest the hardest thing so that's the thing that is in that the in hardest Allison. thing I know actually I, I want to clarify I'm sorry just because okay. <laughs> I got to this location in a car driven by a man from Yemen. And mm. there is, oh, yeah. like if you're a five-year-old starving to death in Yemen, like, you, I mean, you still, I mean, you're still a soul that has to face itself and, and looking at death and looking at these things. Like, but I, I feel like, I feel like it's important to recognize mm. and talk about the fact that we in this moment in this society are particularly privileged to be able to maybe find a retreat or a soft blanket to lay on and mm. take the medicine or whatever to look at the self and do it that way like and because we're that privileged like we really actually should be taking advantage of that privilege and doing what we can to imp mm. to work on the self so that we can mm. make better threads for mm. this fabric. Mm. Well said. Um, what is that? Would you be willing to share what that experience is like for you, that looking at the self or how you, how you engage that practice? I mean, try to keep a healthy community of friends around you that will that reflect you that show mm. you know that are willing to like tell the truth to one another mm. you know <laughs> family that can help you see yourself seeing yourself th through a child mm. is a real thing as much as a child that comes through you is their own thing and on their own path the dna is real and you can see reoccurrences of the positive and negative in the family line embodied in and person that comes through you um uh ayahuasca medicine i think is a really incredible mm. mirror an incredible technology mm. if one has access to it for me that's i, I don't want to i've come from like in a proselytizing background so i have to <laughs> really work on not being preachy about for me that's been that's been a a really good mirror second of the entheogenic or however we want to talk about the plant friends that that have something to tell us 
you know, those are all really incredible help, helpers and mirrors in my life. Yeah. You know, I haven't done the ayahuasca. I just haven't been called. I mm-hmm. haven't called. And I did very little psychedelics. It just, I felt like it was already a part of me. When I had those experiences, I didn't need to have more. Mm-hmm. But so, but I do think that there is a, I mean, I have, when, when people tell me what I have the image of, of like Mother Earth, like grabbing you, like <laughs> I have the image of you becoming one with, with the plant, with the Earth, with plant energy. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I am no expert, and there's so many people with so much more experience mm. than me with it. So it's, and also like I, think it's probably also like everything else it's your own experience mm. that, but the, but there are commonalities of experience that people talk about and i i have at this point in my mm. ex- experience with it i'm left with the distinct belief that it's that spirit isn't metaphor it's like it's like even though it can be a useful mm-hmm. metaphor for as an organizing principle mm-hmm. like there's there's more than this whole thing there's so much more and like when talking about being like the mother earth like there is a there's a actual intelligence and we could be called a number of any number of things but like it's kind of easy to talk about in terms of the divine feminine Mm. you know um but yeah who is who has a lot to say about where we're at as a species Mm. you know and a lot of great ideas about where we could be you know you know and uh and those teachings are inside of a lot of indigenous folk traditions and indigenous folks around the world's understanding and i i hear uh skeptics and the voice of skepticism when i'm talking about this because i've had this conversation hmm. several times well you're on the shakti hour which right. is the the divine feminine i mean the, so i don't i don't see any space in the <laughs> listening audience of this particular podcast for, right. for the <laughs> the voice of skepticism but yeah i it's just living a life in in the material realm it's funny to talk about about spirit in a non-metaphorical sense but in, mm. it has been my experience thus far with it that like there is there is an there is an intelligence that can be found through that particular combination of plants and that particular tradition mm. of uh spirit work and it's uh it's, it is you know mother nature pachamama you know the goddess the goddess is real that's (laughs) that's what it has shown me yeah and how does that like you know how does that relate in your mind or in your experience or in your physiology to listening to like that piece that we were just listening to to Um, me it feels like the same thing yeah i mean i i i think that there's like we talk about like you haven't felt called i've i've because i like because psilocybin was like instrumental lsd and psilocybin were instrumental in me not killing myself when i left the church or whatever and mm-hmm. like lost my community around that um it seems dramatic but it's it's, it's real um uh i've so i've had my ear to the ground about like what other plant medicines what other are are out there since right. then you know and so like i have felt 
I have felt called by it, but then also once once I engaged it to any level of depth, I I started being like, oh, it was also this is also here. This energy, this voice is also in this and in this and in this and like mm-hmm. and all these things. Whether it's like whether it's it doesn't have to be coming through someone that does Shapibo ceremony. Like you know, like mm-hmm. it's it is you know has a d- bunch of different voices and it and different masks and it's here and it's available and it's like one of the reasons why I know I don't need to be a proselytizer saying like everyone's got to do this this way is that like Mm -hmm. it it's available to people the voice Mm -hmm. is available to people through different forms I talk to people that do Vipassana and like I tell them my experience or share experiences that I've had in ceremony and they'll tell me that they've been to very similar or the same places and heard the same voice through Vipassana which is like you know Hmm. I haven't done that yet but I would like to um you say that with um you know a look on your face that I interpret which may not be right is this um kind of value judgment thing there's this you know I feel like there's an idea that well I'm I'm you know I'm doing these ceremonies but Uh But I'll eventually I'll do the... <laughs> oh, no. Well, because I know that a lot of people think that, like, there's, like, a left-handed path and a right-handed path and mm-hmm. that, like, uh, there's a lot of, an- like, anti... I mean, living through decades, decades-long drug war mm-hmm. that classifies anything, anytime anyone wants to, like, change their consciousness mm-hmm. through something besides beer clearly isn't necessarily the best road um <laughs> uh i'm sure it's fine sometimes uh <laughs> that that's been demonized and it's been like and and even if it's even if we're coming from a counterculture or from a from a, a spiritual tradition that is like outside of the mainstream of like I believe that the police are my friends. I believe that, you know, mm-hmm. FBI is on my side, like whatever. Like you don't have to you don't have to be deep into this consensus reality to still be affected by uh its prejudices and and I I think a lo- even like inside of like mm-hmm. the f- stories I've heard around um uh why Ramdas left uh what I guess they thought LSD was like the panacea at some point and then like the stories I've heard about that and like how he became interested in the spiritual tradition that mm-hmm. he that that he delved into um it it to me I I'm very happy that it happened that way because clearly it's been a, a great thing for a lot of people we're like sitting here <laughs> having this conversation because of that in some ways uh, right i mean we're friends regardless but <laughs> like, <laughs> but i think that there's even inside of that like this like this dismissal of to say that it's like it's not serious because it's because someone wore a dumb hat when they were doing it on eight millimeter film or something. I don't know. Right, but, yeah. <laughs> but, well, I mean, they talk, I mean, the, I mean, that's the, you know, the story goes that the tri- like there was a, there was a, a sacred moment, you know, I've talked to Lama Siltram, Alioni, a female Lama, you know, and I talked to her about it. She lived on the corner of Haight and Ashbury in 1967. Mm-hmm. And, and I asked her, I said, what percentage of, people were doing it out of spiritual consciousness exploration what people were just doing it to get high and she was like a good portion were not just doing it to get high but then that shifted and then there's and then then it became that became part of the experience mm-hmm. so even if you were taking it in a sacred setting then you had to deal with also the street 
Like mm-hmm. you're saying, you're not going to get away from the status quo. Yeah. Even if you're, you know, totally dull or totally tuned in. Like yeah. the status quo becomes a part of it. Same thing. This is our karma, mm-hmm. you know? So anyway, I just think it's a cool, I think it's cool that from what I hear, <laughs> from what I hear, I think it's cool because it does seem to be kind of imbuing consciousness with this web idea, like that you're, you know, that, you know, Ramdas says, if you know how to listen, everyone is the guru, right? Mm-hmm. So if you, <laughs> you find your path and you tune into that path and then you start to hear that reflected, you know, everywhere, or you start to hear it reflected in other voices coming through different traditions, coming through different experiences. But I have to say, and I, I don't know anything about this mm-hmm. <laughs> scientifically or music, but when I listen to that piece, it seems to transcend all of that garbage. And it seems to encapsulate all of that for me. And, I'm, and I just am, um, and, and this is another thing that we've been talking about a little bit on this series, is like, <laughs> is it sacred music? Is or is all, you know, or is everything sacred? Or is everything sacred? Yeah. Or is all music sacred? Right. Yeah, I kind of think because even something, I was I walked into a shop in Williamsburg last week, and they were playing a song, called, uh, some band in LA, kids in LA from two years ago. Uh, so, Enough so, said. <laughs> guy, the lyric was, guys of my age don't know how to love me, don't know. And, like, the whole narrative is this, like, young woman, hmm. like, dissatisfied with her contemporaries and, like, I'm going to get an older man, you know? Oh, and I was like, oh, an older man wrote this song with you in L.A. in those gross-ass writing session. And, like, there's, like, so much <laughs> so wrong and so gross with this song. And then me and my friend watched the video and looked at all the writer credits on it. I'm just like imagining the scenario and just like feeling sick to our stomachs. But besides the fact that you could be someplace not with English as your first language, dancing to that song in a club and being in your body Hmm. and having a spiritual experience. There's like that aspect of like, the potential sacredness of it. There's also like the fact of being able to look at it and look, examine society where it's at <laughs> through it. That like, even though I, it's not the medicine I prefer, like it also <laughs> is like potentially like mm. sacred. You could, you, it's a meditation. You are like, Oh, what does this mean? And mm. what does it mean about what is, what does it mean about patriarchy? What does it mean about like, how do, how can we, what can we deconstruct and what can we understand about where that dude who's trying to hang on to 16 through the body of a 16 year old, you know, like, like mm-hmm. how do we, how do we understand that? How do we deconstruct it? How do we transform it in myself <laughs> and, right. and, and then, and beyond, you know? Right. Right, yeah. because, you know, there was a time when I was really deep into my study and practice where um, I really, I went through, I'd say it was a good six months where I really had a difficult time determining what was real and what wasn't. Like, I was doing so much practice and, and energy work and that it was, it was, and it sometimes still is like that, <laughs> but I definitely could um, went through this time period where I, the boundaries were very fluid and so did I walk into the store and put on this song (laughs) for my own (laughs) awakening yeah you know or my own enjoyment or my own you know fear trigger and um and I think that like whoa like that that seems like that's my fantasy of what happened 1966 to 68 Mm. that there was a a swath of people kind of walking through that, those barriers and kind of clearing them out for all of us. And now I feel like it's kind of happening again, except that there's no <laughs> medication 
and there's no um, joy. There's no par- there's no party. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, because I'm not going to ceremony. I'm not doing these things. I, I'm I am doing spiritual practice. I, but I mean, just like on the day to day, I feel like we're, we're we're all tripping. Oh yeah, it's it's a very psychedelic time. Yeah. <laughs> But it's kind of a bummer trip. It's a bit of a bummer trip. <laughs> yeah. But it can also not be, yeah. way not be, mm-hmm. you know? And I feel like, um, I, don't, I don't know if I want to get into that. Mm-hmm. But the thing, about, the thing about Alice Coltrane and her music, I mean, not to just like force an uneducated opinion on it, is it, to me, I, it isn't psychedelic it transcends that kind of realm to me somehow. I mean, it took you and Tunde like through space and time mm-hmm. together in a hotel room. For me, just now, it just like helped me release an entire week of emotion. I feel like what something that's happening is a semantic thing that is like mm. the baggage of the the hangover of the summer of love like (laughs) because i I, and i want to i want just to clarify from just to be clear when i talk about doing ceremony and i and my limited experience with it um there's there's things that where i'm like oh this is I, I know part of this landscape because of psilocybin mushrooms. I know a little bit of this landscape because of, of LSD and, and mescaline and like, but it's like psychedelic does not, hmm. does, does not t- t- touch it. It's like, it's <laughs> just, a rending of the veil and entrance into the atrium of the spirit world. It's like, hmm. you know, into the bardo, into like, it's, and it's not a party. I mean, there's like places <laughs> that are like, oh, that's beautiful and, you know, but it, it can literally be terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying experiences. And, and, so thankful for in those inside of those terrifying experiences so thankful for the music that is the tradition the tradition the musical tradition Mm. of the ikaros that are protections and guide and guides and help you navigate the space like it is a a music a musical experience Mm. to 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 associate it with any of the baggage that one might have with the uh, like, I don't know, gabber party that your cousin ended <laughs> up being committed after, you know, right. like whatever. Like, uh, there's definitely you know potential for tr- serious. It's it's very serious. It's very heavy. It's very heavy medicine and like. But I, but to sit, it's getting to listen to Alice culture uh, outside of all of that is like I don't I don't think it's disconnected. I think it's I think it's very much connected. I'm not in any way suggesting that she was engaging the same practice or anything, but like it's in there. It's it it's, yeah. it's in there in as much as. Music is the voice of the universe, and music is, you know, t- integral to this experience in the, in our physical bodies, in our spiritual bodies. Everything you're saying is exactly right, and I appreciate you bringing up the depth of the difference between the experiences and clarifying that, and and sharing your experience around that in the present moment. And I and I might not be right. <laughs> But there's something, I mean, transformative just about listening to that that um, is beyond my will, mm-hmm. right? My will was to, to, to listen to something, uh-huh. right? And then what happened to me wasn't in my mind. 
it really affected me, and not even in an energy body. It affected me as if, I, I felt like as if she was here with me, giving me a treatment. Yeah, as a he- music as a healing force. Yeah. 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 And that, that to me is so profound. And, and so I guess I, the question that I keep coming back to with this, these conver- this conversation is, you know, that responsibility, that was her personal practice, right? On top of her tapas, her discipline as a musician, as a student, right? As a practitioner <laughs> um, that's imbued in that, you know? And so you, with your own practice, as a listener, can step into the CVS and grab <laughs> the sacredness out of whatever LA song. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but for the benefit of the whole, this is... That's where it's at. Yeah. That's where it's at. Yeah. <laughs> Right. Yeah. And so I guess I'm just getting to, to to try and help reveal that. And I also feel like our generation, if you will, I, I almost, I, I'm, my secret agenda is I actually think that that's our path to leadership um, is through art and creativity and expression in that way and that that's going to be our best contribution, mm-hmm. you know, less so than a public office or um, something that you have to get up super early for. <laughs> Anything that you have to do every day, kind of the same. <laughs> the, well, but I mean, we're laughing, but I mean, I'll back us up and like we're actually responsible to time on a certain plane, you know, mm-hmm. and like, and that I feel like that's kind of part of it. And you know, most of us came in right around like. Jimmy Carter. We're like, oh, peaceful, peaceful dude who wants to, you know, has, has a spiritual practice, who, mm-hmm. <laughs> who wants to do things differently. There's this tiny little window to land, get some of that, and then like, you know. He's definitely the first president I remember being cognizant of. Yeah. Like knowing what a president was. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember classmates shit talking him because their parents were oh really yeah and i was like <laughs> oh, this guy seems all right doesn't seems fine i just <laughs> i heard him on um he's rad i'm i'm a, he, well, no but i heard him on uh, super soul sunday with oprah winfrey my mm-hmm. main competitor in podcasting <laughs> she, um i'll give her a shout out she <laughs> needs help you guys yeah. tune in yeah. <laughs> um and, but he was ta- he was talking about the hostage situation and you know how even his wife was like you got to take some military in there and get those hostages out and he was like can't do it can't do it you know and then he had to even then the, I didn't know I didn't know the story I can't even tell it now properly mm-hmm. <laughs> but then it, it was Reagan that got to take the that the show up and like yeah. welcome them home because yeah. he they didn't they wouldn't give him back until Jimmy was out. Yeah. That's how like unpopular doing things for the benefit of the whole is. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> so, I don't know. So, I'm just, you know, I'm just like um I'm just like, you know, looking into this possibility because I know um so many people you know, almost have this secular spiritual life. Um, even in their own life, and I and I'm I'm curious about how how better we could serve, you know, one another by drawing that in in a new way, right? You know, in a new way. I am very excited by your impulse to talk about peace and uh, promote it as like an idea and work towards it and, the, and not and beyond talking about it actually like doing 
physical work towards it. Um, I'm, and I, this isn't like a, I'm not coming down on anyone uh, individually, but I, and besides myself maybe, um, the lack of a, the lack of an anti-war conversation inside of the political conversation that's happening right now is, uh, I know there's a whole lot going on and there's a whole lot for people to be thinking about and there's a whole lot of like, like seemingly immediately dire situations to take care of in regards to like how, how we want the country we live in to be led and governed and organized. And uh, and it's all very centered on the domestic right now. But I really want people to lift up their voices in regards to what we can do specifically as Americans for, to change American foreign policy in places like Yemen. Uh, who we who we choose to support in the world, like who is getting the shit kicked out of them? You know, it's generally the poorest people in the in the most desperate places, and it's and it's being done in our name and with our money, mm. and it's 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 a different game. The game has changed and it's not as maybe obvious as it was when Americans were dying in Vietnam um, or even when Americans were dying earlier in Iraq as recently as, you know, the past few years. Like, the, the nature of the exploitation and the violence is changing, but it's, it's really as bad as all of that and and in our name yeah. and with yeah. our money yeah. and the only people that can stop it right now is is us you know like mm. and we actually can if just a consensus is built say don't take my money and spend it on killing people and also like you're taking my money and spending it to, to kill to kill other people so that you can make more money like that's like, yeah. like so like addressing the econ economic organizational <laughs> principles, yeah, and addressing like what is being done with our money, with our labor, with yeah. our time. Like it's really like it's real. Humanitarian crisis in Yemen is real. It's like already beyond shameful. It's already beyond like where were you when that was going on? It's yeah. It's disgusting and disgraceful, yeah. and and really our responsibility as Americans to do something about not supporting it anymore. Yeah. Sorry, I had to. Not sorry. <laughs> I'm not sorry, but I I know that's not what we're talking about exactly. I don't but. agree. I think it is exactly what we're talking about okay. because it's pa it's passion, and I think that the what is the value of of having a spiritual practice and of having this conversation is being able to find that, what you're passionate about and being able to come to it with that kind of clarity, right? Because, you know, and, that, and that's part of what you were saying. It's like, it's not necessarily easy to, to reflect upon the, the mascot of the American way and take that in to look at yourself. Mm. But then, then also, what's what? Well, what what is in what is in there that's purified? What is in there that is ready to? What's passionately ready to to act in a moral and just way? And I think that that's all all a part of it, you know. Yeah. And and the, for this moment, for these conversations, the music being the music and the feminine voice. You know, a different voice, right? Who was it? Oh, it was a um, what's his what's his drunk? <laughs> what's his Bybar, um, the one that got fired? 
the main oh, the Steve, main uh, no. Bannon, yeah. Bannon, Steve Bannon. He <laughs> he, he there's a, a post that came through, you know, he's like, "Oh, women are going to take over the the world." Well, okay. F- fine. That like that would be the worst thing. Uh-uh. But you know, <laughs> but um that's not my agenda. I mean, but how about, you know, you're hearing, you know, and this goes to every, this goes to culture, this goes to gender, this goes to race, race this and, goes to, yeah, yeah, to sexuality. We're listening to another voice and, and, you know, and the female voice is across all of those, mm-hmm. right? And within, within men as mm-hmm. well. <laughs> it's through, so that feminine voice and giving space to let's tune in and he- hear what that says. Let's, how do you even listen to that, you know? Um, I don't know. I, I think that if we, like, actually just did it statistically, like, did gender parity as far as, like, pay and placement in society and positions of power, it would have a, a fundamental, it would change things fundamentally. I do believe that. But I also, like, so I think also these co- concepts which are real yeah. and useful... <laughs> <laughs> inside of this inside of these bodies and yeah. inside of time yeah that like sometimes i see it as like this puppet show that we're engaged per- performers in and then there's this like t- another tier of icons and in, in uh yeah. archetypes yeah pulling strings and playing the music and then outside of that it's a a more singular and then a more even more singular and more singular like uh Mm. levels of of being and that the we we have to uh, gender is real sex is real i think all these things are real yeah um (laughs) Um, but I think someone as clued in as Alice, from what I can see, mm-hmm. is maybe expressing a more integrated thing mm-hmm. than simply the mm-hmm. divine father, the divine mother, the mm-hmm. the. the feminine or the masculine i feel like mm. it's like the mm. the best aspects of david bowie the best mm. aspects of of an, any number of these people that are musical prophets that mm. you know like where it is an in, integration mm. of the of the voices and i and and that's i guess it's it might sound like just some old dude when I'm talking and being like talking about gender parody and not talking about like <laughs> it's time for the women to rule like like I don't want I like I don't want to tr- trade hierarchies I want like to make room mm-hmm. for listening to voices for women to have power over their own lives and to influence the course of this world it's I feel like what we need is the integration of these energies mm. and it's like I like there's a whole lot of reason why people are like you know what maybe it's just masculinity in general that needs to get flushed on the toilet i understand <laughs> how people would feel that way i understand <laughs> like there's a horrific a horror show a track record of despicable behaviors it is out of balance mm. i believe that there is that the way forward is a, a balancing, and that balancing might be like, no, you gotta just sit. You you all have to just sit down and shut up for <laughs> a while, <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, men. Uh, but ultimately, the, I I reject the premise of the future is female. I think the future, any any <laughs> plausible future, is an integrated future. Yeah. And maybe we have to have a big party where it's that part of the future is female and to get it to a place of, in, of true integration mm. and parity. Mm. And when I'm saying that, like, I'm, 
please like to be very clear like this work that you're doing i believe is so important because you're making room for women's <laughs> voices and you're uh, like it's very funny even hear my voice talking about this just like <laughs> hey dude shut up but uh like but, but see that's but, not at all what but, i want that's part of why I, you know i want this you I, know. Well, I, I do i do remember that you invited me here so i feel, <laughs> I feel like it's okay to talk but it's, well i think this has been great <laughs> i think this has been great i think um i think um this has been really good and i think that you know prior to this i knew that this is a longer and bigger and broader conversation, which I hope to encourage and, and draw upon and do, you know, more of. And in a, I'm just going to, in the interest of, of the rest of our lives, <laughs> um, you know, take us out. But I just, uh, I'm so, so grateful that you agreed to come and, and speak with me and be a part of this and to share that particular piece, uh, something I'd never heard and um, I'm really happy to know it now. And uh, so tell, tell us just briefly what's going on with you. you. The TV on the radio just did your 10th anniversary shows. What's happening next? Oh yeah, it was the 10th anniversary of a record. Oh, of the of, actual record, of not a the record, band. Dear yeah. Science. The band's been around for even longer than that. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, working with different folks, my friend Erin Durant, I, re er, I helped her with a record last winter and is being mixed now in the process of mixing it and I'm excited for that record to be on my turntable sometime in the early part of next year and um, making music with ice balloons still and slowly making a new record with TV on the radio and making music in my bedroom on the regular. Some of that may enter the world. Uh, and making cool um, art video pieces that you're sharing Oh yeah, I love I love that. I I've I want to I want to learn more about that, get better at it and share it in a bigger way. That's yeah. a goal I have. Yeah. Um I'm so happy that you're doing this. Yeah, this is great, Kip. Thank you so much. Thank you.
This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Time can feel like it's in short supply. Between work, family, and friends, there's very little time left just for you. What would you do with an extra hour in your day? What's important to you? Therapy can help you find what matters to you so that you can do more of it. It's a great way to increase self-awareness, build a greater sense of purpose, deal with overthinking, and more. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash be here now today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash be here now.